irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio. Max and friends, he says what he wants, ain't holding nothing back. Got the Talk Radio. This is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. Welcome back to another Sunday night of Max and Friends. Well, you know, today is Mother's Day. All day. Every day. All year. <laughs> and my mama, Gina, is going to be here later with me. But tonight we have a wonderful guest because not only is she a teacher, best-selling author, mother, media personality, creatrix, and CEO of the School of Womenly Arts, feminist, she has a letter for women. Sisters, welcome my guest tonight, Regina, who will be here in just one moment. She is here to reclaim the eternal grief-soaked majesty of the feminine from within a culture that doesn't know what that even means. She is here to uphold the exquisite wholeness of women. She is here to celebrate their darkness, your rage, and your grief. And then she is here to turn on your joy. She is here for your bodies, bruised, depleted, shamed, and worthy, right perfect, beautiful, hot, wise, alive. She is here for your orgasm, your lust, for the virgin and the whore, who is all of us. And she is here for your sisterhood. And today on Mother's Day, I always love to give reverence to obviously women in my life who are my mother, my, my aunties, my grandmothers, and just the beautiful feminine divine women that represent a huge number of the population that for some reason... On one day, we decide we got to give them flowers and love. And to me, that's just pure bullshit because that is every single day we should reverence the women in our lives. So without any further ado, welcome my guest, Mama Gina, to Max and Friends. Hi, Mama Gina. Max. Max. Okay, first of all, what? how fun was that for me? I have never heard a male voice say those words. It was so hot and so sexy <laughs> and just like... So 2020, uh, it was amazing. Amazing. So thank you. And thank you so much for your little notes on Instagram. Thank you for inviting me today. Thank you for celebrating women in the way you do. You are very special. Thank you. Well, you know, women have been a huge part of my life, you know, and I, everyone's life for that matter. But I acknowledge them. You know, we all want to we all want to know, do you hear me? Do you see me? And do you matter? And when there's a woman in your life, I hear you, I see you, and you matter should be the words that we all say to women in our life. But, you know, there's been so much going on with this world that we're living in right now. And more than ever, I echo you when you say there needs to be a feminine leadership. So tonight, let's really, let's raise the vibration of the, the feminine spirit of Mother Earth, of goddesses and all that is, and explain to our listeners tonight why you believe feminine leadership is so important during these crucial times? Well, you know, it's super interesting, isn't it? That uh, lately we have been experiencing, you know, in this pandemic, we've been experiencing the voices of women coming mm -hmm. forward in a way that we haven't really seen or experienced before. I mean, we have in this country. <laughs> well, well, that's interesting. Now, what makes you say that? Well, because, you know, my mom is Lithuanian. My mama, Gina, who will be joining us later on the show. She's Lithuanian. And Lithuania has had a lot of women in office for a long time, you know. Um, and so I feel like other countries, Germany, for instance, other countries embrace feminine leadership and also acknowledge it, celebrate it, desire it, want it and aren't you know, um, aren't repulsed by it. I think a lot of American men are repulsed by having feminine leadership. And we all know that American men in this moment, not in this moment right now, but in the past moments have tried to take over the government as they did for many years. And that shift is happening. You know, I always say we're, this is mother earth and mother earth needs a mother sometimes to rule it. <laughs> so that's why I feel America in particular, it's a young country and 
it's still growing. Yeah. But it needs mother's I mean, discipline. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we can all feel that big radical change is required now in this country. I know yeah. you can feel it. Yeah. And yeah. it's an interesting thing because it's my belief that feminine leadership is the medicine that is so desperately required by this world at this time. And and what do I mean by feminine leadership? Like women provide vision. We provide inspiration, direction setting, out of the box thinking. Like you, you, we were just talking a moment ago, Angela Merkel, Mm -hmm. the chancellor of Germany, she created this clear, thorough, well-executed social distancing plan sooner than any other country and flattened the curve. Because women have this sense of intuition and when they trust it and are willing to act on it, it's almost like they're psychic, like they can see something before it happens. And, and it was the same thing in San Francisco. That's the, right. The mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, she shut down the city before the state and federal government chose to act, mm-hmm. saving so many lives. And with our patriarchal current government, we are losing lives because, it, you know, we're, we're missing that voice of the feminine. Mm-hmm. And, and well, I think, you, you know, you notice like the feminine, the, that, that voice of the feminine, we bring collaboration connection to our full emotional range and truth. It's not about like cutting off from our emotions. It's about living into them. It's about creativity of feeling plugged into our sacred power, sensual aliveness, uh, supporting the community as a whole. And, and, you know, it's true. We do have a long way to go because as you say, we live in a world that's really hostile to the feminine and we women take that hostility personally. Um, and so do men who support women. <laughs> you're right about that because you'll, I'm sure you notice women shy away from leading. It, it's almost like we look outside of ourselves for guidance. We feel outranked when a man is in the room. We, we get stopped by our own decision. Or if somebody disagrees with us, we kind of retreat instead, in, instead of moving into the argument or fighting for our point of view. And, and that's part of living in a wider patriarchal culture, which, and I, by that, I don't mean, um, I'm not, it, I'm saying that the culture itself, mm-hmm. by um, prioritizing kind of the broken masculine and disconnecting from the feminine values, because all of us have masculine and feminine inside of us. Absolutely. Um, we, so what do you think the disconnect is, though? Uh, thanks for asking. I, I, I have to say, I think that the disconnect is um, women have self-doubt. We have so much self-doubt, so much self-deprecation, so much self-hatred. Uh, that's, I think, a, is part of the culture. But I think part of it is the way women are raised you know, I, I my most recent book was called Pussy, a Reclamation, mm-hmm. and it was a New York Times bestseller. And the entire book was really about inviting women to reclaim the heart of their femininity, which is really the source of life itself, which is their, you know, it's, it's the heart it's, of their pussy. You know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, the word let's 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 talk about the word real quick, pussy, because it has so many it's it's the total diamond of a word because there's so many facets to it. Um, and why do you think women, not all, but some women are almost ashamed to use the word pussy? Well, you know, what, Max, I teach these classes in New York City to mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of women. And when I go into the classroom for the first time, I'll say what did your parts get called when you were little, when you were growing up? And half of the women will say nothing. And then the other half will have all these crazy names like Coochie. Coochie, JJ, Honeypot, right? (laughs) Princess, Knish, Walter Winchell, um, you know, front bottom. Like you can't even with the names. Now, Knish is a new one. I've never heard of a pussy called a Knish, but it is edible. So I guess why not? Exactly. (laughs) Delicious. It's delicious. Um, So and, and then when I teach a room full of guys, I'll say, what did your parts get called? And they'll say to me, 
penis, what's your problem? Like, why are you even asking? Right, right. right. <laughs> and you know how, like Jesus says, in the beginning there was the word. And when you don't have a word, there's no, like, it, there's no beginning. Like, before we could name this thing called the internet, you know, how would you even describe what an internet is? Like, it's this invisible connection between human beings based on waves that you can't see but unite us, you know. But, it, it, but then we have the word internet, and now we can move ahead. When, women, when a woman doesn't have the word for that which is most essentially feminine about herself, what she has instead is shame. Because mm-hmm. if there's a part of her that can't even be named or has different names with every other friend, she knows, oh, my gosh, there's something to be ashamed of. And then you have a little girl that grows up being ashamed of her body, ashamed of her womanhood, ashamed of her sexuality and completely powerless. So that when, you know, she's in a compromising situation in a hotel room with a Hollywood director, she doesn't feel like she owns her body. And she, it's almost impossible for her to say no when she's in a situation where she feels powerless because she's never owned her power. So it's, it's a question, like my mission is to give women the keys to the queendom, to have them actually own their sensuality, feel comfortable in their sensuality, feel proud about their womanhood because a woman who owns her pussy owns her life. Amen. A woman, a woman. (laughs) Right. no but matter. let me ask you a question. Let me interrupt you real quick. How did you get so firm in the knowledge of being proud and also of claiming your your womanhood and your feminism? Well, you know, I think it comes from having been so lost. Mm. And so, uh, like, I, gra- I went to a woman's college. I graduated with my girlfriends. We all had our big dreams. And I watched as like my friend who was an artist never could charge for her paintings because she didn't feel like were they worth it? Or my other friend who wanted to be a director, she ended up working in her dad's temp agency. My other friend kept getting degree after degree after degree because she never felt like she was quite all the way there. And for myself, I just felt I, I was... I couldn't, I didn't know who I was as a woman. I wanted to be an actor. I didn't even have the courage to audition because I had so much self-doubt. I had depression. I was suicidal. I was such a hot mess. And I went the route of therapy and the route of different transformational courses. But it wasn't until I studied at a school called Moore University that had took they had a class where they actually taught you about sensuality and anatomy and Mm. where I was able to be like, oh my God, oh my goodness, like my pleasure connects me to my source energy, like owning my body, finding my body beautiful makes me feel my divinity and makes me feel worthy in a way that no, nothing else did. And it was as if a light bulb went off inside me. And I was just like, I have to tell women that the connection between their sexuality and their divinity and their feeling of being sacred and their feeling of confidence comes from an ownership of their radiant sexuality, their life force. Mm. So I was like, I better start a school where I'm giving women access to that part of education, which is left out uh, for all of us. And I started with 10 women in my living room. And now my, I, I have just like really, uh, well, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people have read my books and I've graduated, uh, oh, I don't know, probably 10,000 people from the School of Womanly Arts, like proud, you know, women who are like proud of their bodies, no matter what their age, no matter what their size, mm. women, who feel hot even when they're in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Women who are uh, joyful about celebrating their sensual aliveness and willing to Mm. flirt with the world, you know? Uh, Because usually a woman's light kind of goes out over time. And I think it's really important to stay lit up 
uh, as you live your life in this world. Absolutely. You know, and also to have a, a, a support group around you that oh. encourages you to stay lit. You know, my grandmother, um, tango dancer, pilot, yoga teacher for 50 years. And whenever we talked about sex, it was always, does sex get better with age? And she used to love having the conversation with us. She goes, of course it does. So just having that group of people that encourage you. And recently there were a group of sister of your sisterhood um, when you know, you were going through COVID. We follow you on Instagram and we Aww. saw the depression, that hole you went down to, that that darkness. Aww. And it was women who lifted you up, your neighbors, your friends. So, you know, it was to me, that was such a beautiful moment because when you were giving that um, that little Instagram video and you were in bed with the feather and you were, I felt <laughs> you going through that journey. Aww. And I feel as if those women weren't with you that, it would have might have gone a different direction. So tonight, being right. that it's Mother's Day, I'm your host, Max Tucci, here on Max and Friends. My guest right now is Mama Gina. Not my Mama Gina. Mama Gina. My Mama Gina is coming on later. But Mama Gina, New York Times bestselling author. And tell us about your experience with COVID-19 and how your sisterhood lifted you up and said, together we rise. Uh, first of all, Thank you for the love and thank you for the support from afar. That means so, so much to me. Max, I just cannot get over you. I think you are the most coolest, most evolved, most incredible man. And I'm so grateful to be here. But I, I want to say that I think, you know, in New York City, uh, when, uh, you know, that's where I lived, like we... We were still, even though we knew about COVID, we were still riding the subway. We were still shopping. Mm -hmm. We were still, you know, going to our yoga classes and our dance classes. And and I had no idea that I was infected. And I um, and for those of you who are listening, um, and you're wondering if you know ab about the illness, you will know because your body will feel a way that it's never felt before. It doesn't feel like a cold. It doesn't feel like the flu. You just feel like something is strangely off. My lungs feel pressure. I, I you know, I, there, there's just something there's, you will have an intuitive sense. Something's wrong. What happened for me was I got an extremely high fever of about uh, 103 or 104 for about eight days. My beloved boyfriend took care of me. But the thing that pulled me through was my community, my sisterhood. Of, of course, Peter was, I couldn't have made it without him, but I had friends uh, sending me texts, uh, dropping, you know, soup at my door. Um, so just those little acts of love, letting somebody who is suffering know that you're thinking of them, um, I had a friend who worked in the ER. She would text me every day and I'd be like, okay, this is my fever. Do you think I need to go to the hospital? She'd be like, nope, stay where you are. Hang <laughs> up. You got this. Trust your body. So it's just people reminding me that I could trust my body, even though my body was going through a crisis and supporting me emotionally. Because the other thing that happens with COVID is you feel depressed, disconnected. You have brain fog. Uh, and you kind of lose your way. Uh, and it, so it's at these times that we really count on the love and support of our families and our communities. And I was very blessed. So if you know anybody who's sick, send them a text, send them soup or cookies, drop them some groceries. This is a time for each of us to stand for one another in ways we have never had to before because we are all in this together. You know, it's really fascinating because to say that people test positive for COVID-19 doesn't have the stigma that, for instance, you know, HIV AIDS did back in, in the day, you know, um, and it's remarkable to see a disease, a virus that doesn't discriminate, anyone can get it, but yet there's so much love and compassion around it oh that, God. you know, it, it pulls people out of that darkness. And I just wish that we emulate and echo what how we feel towards COVID-19 with every virus and disease that's on this earth. You know, encourage people, forget if it's COVID-19, whatever it is they're going through and help yeah. them because there's really no shame in having COVID-19, which I find fascinating. You know, it's like anyone can get it. So there's no shame in it. Um, yeah. 
And that's for any virus. You know, HIV is the same thing. Back in the 80s, it was plagued as a gay disease, so it was swept under the rug for a while. But um, with COVID-19, I just, the love that people are giving for COVID-19, give that same love to your friends who have other viruses and diseases and illnesses, because again, together we rise. So I thank you for sharing that story, because how do you get a sisterhood? Like for women who are listening tonight, who are like, shit, I, you know, my girlfriends are backstabbing, they're this, they're that, I don't really have real friends. What do you tell those women and how do you encourage them to bond with a sisterhood? Yeah, I think it it's, you know, uh, it's super important to have community. And one of the ways that you can, you, you, you know, it's especially when you're not in school anymore, uh, it's uh, it can be and everything is virtual. It can be a lonely world. Um, what my first book, it, it's called uh, Mama Gina School of Womanly Arts. And it's actually this kind of brilliant handbook for how you create sisterhood. Uh, and how you create community, because the suggestion, the way most of us have been taught to communicate with one another mm-hmm. is we share our pain points. You say, how are you? And somebody will say either fine or they'll say, oh, I just, um, you know, I just got over my virus or I hate my boss or my children are driving me crazy. I'm trying to homeschool and work. So we use the opportunity of relating as a complaint department. And what happens is a negative energy meets negative energy and creates more negative energy. So I suggest, and I I do this at like all my family gatherings and every time I get together with my team, we always go around and everybody has to brag. The first thing we do, we have a dance break to kind of get the energy moving and then we each brag. And I'll do the same thing with my mom I talk to her every morning. I say, okay, mama, what are your brags? I'll do the same thing with you. You know what, mama Gina, let's do it now because my interviews are like a tango. So we just danced right into this moment. (laughs) So let's brag right now. (laughs) So give me some of your bragging and I'll give you some of mine. So brag away, mama Gina. (laughs) All right. I I brag that I just had this crazy experience that I said yes to. One of my students of many years, uh, she emailed me a couple hours ago and she said, Uh, Regina, this is so crazy, but I'm getting married today on Zoom. Could you please come say a few words at my wedding? And how do you say no to that? Of course I would do it. So I just was giving a kind of a blessing at a Zoom wedding right before we jumped on the call together. So that happened today. Um, I brag also that this morning I met two of my friends who lived down the road from me. We went to the beach. We meet at the beach at 7 a.m. in the morning. We will do, well, I bring my boombox. We dance, we do brags, gratitudes, and desires, and we'll throw rose petals and do a blessing in the ocean. It's just so much fun. And then we do all this like crazy hot dancing. And sometimes we'll like, you know, get a little nasty at the beach and jump in naked. And it's just such a pleasure to start a day that way. So I'm, I'm big into morning rituals of any kind. So those are two of my brags. How about you? My brag is that I get to say Mama Gina's on my show. (laughs) (laughs) And my other brag is to say that my other Mama Gina is going to be on my show later in just a little bit. And, you know, my bragging is that I woke up today like that in itself is just I'm so grateful that while it seems that everyone's dying, which they're not people. So, you know, when they say have social distancing, social distance from media. okay, (laughs) for a bit, not everybody's dying. And every moment, every day that you wake up, my brag is that I'm here. I am so grateful to be bragging that I can brag. (laughs) It's beautiful. And what is your mom's name? Is her name Gina? So my mom's Lithuanian name is Grazina. G-R-I-Z-I-N-A, Grazina. And then when she came to America, she lived in DP camps for five years in Germany, came to America, lived in Brooklyn, and then it became Grace. And she's like, my name is not Grace. (laughs) She's like, I am Gina. (laughs) So Uh she claimed Gina and became Mama Gina. And she's Mama Gina to everybody. So it was funny because when I was doing her Instagram, it was Mama Gina Graham. And I put in Mama Gina. And that's how I found you when I was creating my mother's account a long time ago. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Love that. (laughs) So now I want to ask you the question of the state of women in the world today, because today is not as it was two months ago. 
So has that state of women in the world changed in this current moment? And where do you think it's going? Well, I think that we have incredible potential now that mm-hmm. we have never had before. I, you know, if I, uh, I, I don't know if you, um, you know, read, I, I'm always reading articles about women and keeping up with, the, you know, just the issues of leadership mm-hmm. because, and I know you were probably stunned. I know I was on Friday when a judge dismissed the claim for equal pay from the U.S. soccer team. And, and because and the women have been more victorious than the men. <laughs> they won four World Cups and four medals, and the men's team has won neither. None. That's right. And, and the Federation argued that this, you know, the overall soccer playing ability required to compete as a man is even more difficult, more speed and strength is required. So they deserve to make more money. Like it is insane. So, but what I noticed was as soon as the, uh, the national women's soccer league got that news, instead of stopping, they immediately jumped to the front lines Megan Rapinoe, who's one of the, she, I just love her so much. She said, we will never stop fighting for equality. And Molly, Levin, Molly Levinson, she said, uh, we, you know, we've learned there's obstacles to change. We know it takes bravery, but we are going to stand up to them and we are going to win. So what I am loving is I am seeing women rise you know, women standing for their voice, you, you know, London breed, everybody said, don't, why are you shutting down San Francisco so quickly? And she said to keep my people safe. And, it, and she got so much pushback, but she stood. So what I am loving is the leadership that I'm seeing women standing despite the obstacles, despite pushback. And we are continuing to evolve and take our place because it's not like the world is going to give us the throne that we deserve is we have to take it. And what I am seeing for women now is that women are taking their power, not in aggressive, angry ways, but just listening to their deep inner truth and standing for it and not backing down and women supporting women in remarkable ways that we haven't seen before. You know, what's really remarkable is, um, I don't know if you know this, but my family's restaurant was Delmonico's in New York. And Delmonico's in 1868 had the first woman's power lunch. And that's the first time that women in April of 1868 were women were allowed to have lunch by themselves unaccompanied by men because there was one woman who thought it was not uh, it was unfair that men can dine and women couldn't dine at Delmonico's. And Delmonico's was like, you know what? You're right. Let's do that lunch. But the misconception is they think, oh, then women were able to dine right after, which wasn't true. That was a one day thing where the fight continued for so many years. It wasn't. In, I mean, Demonicos was the first to hire women, but also it wasn't like until the 70s that women could have their own credit card without being attached to a man. That's so, right. you know, it's like people think, oh, women had their luncheon, their power lunch in 1868. That was a one day thing. Women are having their power luncheon every single day. And finally, now men are listening. <laughs> and, um, well, you know, every woman deserves to see where her storyline has been stunted mm-hmm. inside a culture that devalues the feminine. Yeah. And to know that she's capable of reconsecrating her sovereignty over her own life. It's about reclaiming her pleasure, her turn on, her joy, her emotional truth, her receiving. And it's about creating a more enlivened, joyous life, not only for herself, but for her family, for her friends and for her community. Because when a woman takes that leadership on her inner world, it can't help but emerge on the outer world. And we need feminine leadership, not only internally, but externally. So, I, and we, you know, we, it's, it, we have a long way to go, but we are going for it and it is happening. It is. Well, you know, you have the, the, the phrase, the yes tool. So before I let you go, let's leave, cause yes is such a good word. <laughs> so yeah. let's talk about the yes tool real quick and how more women can put it into effect into their life. Today's mother's day. I'm your host, Max Tucci for Max and friends. I get so caught up in this conversation, mama G that I forget we're on air. <laughs> so <laughs> How can women take this yes tool into this week with them to start saying yes and actually follow through with the yes? Um, 
the yes tool that Max is describing, it's a really quick and dirty way of changing your mind when you are in a really difficult circumstance. You know, because if, if you look at it, there's nothing inherently good or bad, right? R- rain is really good for the farmer, but it's a bummer if it's been raining every day for 10 days. You know, so but both things are true at the same time. So you can use a yes. Like, for example, I was with my uh, a friend of mine um, who lives next door and she's uh, homeschooling her two boys while working full time in her tiny little living room. And so I stopped in there the other day to bring her some groceries and her boys were driving her crazy and she had a meeting. And so I said, you know what? The only thing we're going to be able to do is say yes, which is a way of saying thank you. It's a way of saying yes to being alive. Yes to the craziness of the world right now. Yes, I can do this. Yes. And it, it when you when you stand for the yes in any circumstance, it changes your energy, which gives like instead of flooding you with disappointment or feeling like you can't make it happen, you see the hope. You see, yes, I can. I mean, I, I it and it impacts others. I was on a, a Trader Joe's line saying yes when it was like 30 degrees out with a hundred people on the line. And like, we had like a dozen people with me and my daughter just saying, yes, Trader Joe's. Yes. We're going to get in there. Yes. It's a pandemic, but yes, we're a community. It's just a way of changing the energetic of a situation so that you're being responsible for the joy instead of getting sucked down the well of the tragedy, which, you know, both are true. It just becomes a choice point. It does. There's the duality to it and raising the vibration and raising the consciousness of yes and then owning that yes and manifesting that yes into your life. I'm glad that you said yes to join me on Max and Friends tonight. Oh, thank you, Max. You are a joy. You are delightful. Um, I just so deeply appreciate the opportunity to and and please give Mama Gina my love. I will. And, you know, I would love to have you on again for like a full show so we can really get into who you are what you do and how women can claim to, listen when i whenever there's crisis there's opportunity you know okay. so right now there's a crisis happening which means there's going to be opportunity and i think now this is like the chance that women really have to have their voice heard more than ever and this is when men are realizing that the women in their lives um are really powerful because they're getting to see them in action without having to be in the office that's right and if you know anybody- if anybody would like to find out more about yes. my school, how do we reach you? Go to Mama Gina's on Instagram or mamaginas.com uh, on the internet, and you can sign up for a five day pleasure challenge and join the fun. Yes. <laughs> yes, we will. Mama Gina, I love you. I see you. I hear you, and you matter. And I'm so grateful that um, you got through what all that COVID 19 and you, that. I wish you a happy healing. Thank you. Big kiss to you. Until next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Mama Gina, you all. And that's at Mama, M-A-M-A-G-E-N-A. You can go follow her right now on Instagram and then go to MamaGina.com. Well, we're going to play a song right now for your mamas for Mother's Day. And while we play that song, we're going to get my Mama Gina on the line. Stay tuned because you're listening to Max and Friends right here on LA Talk Radio. I'm your host, Max Tucci. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Max Tucci. Hit me up and let me know what's going on in your life. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Hey, Talk Radio. This is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. That was a song for all you mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day. And without further ado, here's my mother, Mama Gina. Welcome back to Max and Friends. Hello, Max from Laguna Beach. How are you? I miss you, Mommy. <laughs> oh, I miss you too, my love. I was just talking about about you and your sister making a, brec- a breakfast for me once. Not once, you made it many times, but for Mother's Day. And, you know, when, when mothers used to wear bouquet, you know, little corsages to church and, and then go out for lunch, well, we always went home and the two of you decorated the table with flowers and, and you made such a wonderful, wonderful brunch. Oh, what memories. Well, you know, I have to tell you, I just had another Mama Gina on the show before you. And she wanted to send you her love. So from one Mama Gina to another, I had to relay the message to you. But thank you and for telling us about that story about us when we were oh. little. Oh, it was wonderful. Oh, my goodness. And I remember so so vividly you had put, you know, my blue and white collection, my vases on the table. And uh, it was just, do you remember that at all? Do you know how many breakfasts and dinners I've thrown for you? I don't remember that one in particular, but I'm sure it was gorgeous. <laughs> it was. <laughs> You'll have to tell of my course. publisher that story because, you know, it's something that I've been doing for a long time is entertaining and hosting, clearly. <laughs> uh, since you were like five years old or younger. Right. So yeah. I got, well, welcome back. You know, it has been a long time since you've been on the show. You do know that, right? I know that. And it's my fault you- because I didn't ask you. And but you really haven't asked to be on either. No, but you have so many wonderful people on your show. Thank you. You really well, do. You have interesting people. Oh, we just had a great conversation about how there's a book you have to get. I'm going to send you this book. Uh, you'll get it this week after Mother's Day called Pussy, a Reclamation. And Mama Gina, who was just on as the author of that New York Times bestseller book. And we were talking about why feminine leadership is important and also the state of women in the world today. We just had a great conversation. But I want to have a conversation with you because, um, you know, we're going through this bizarre pandemic and a lot of children aren't able to be with their mothers this year. And you're in California. I'm here in Florida. We're all doing what we think is the right thing that we should be doing. But I also think at one point, like, we need to see our mamas. <laughs> we need to see our mothers. So tell us a little bit about your growing up and how, even though we're in a pandemic right now, your childhood with your mother in a displaced person camp was something that you will never forget because of the unique situation you're in. So tell us about how that affected your life. How that affected my, I think it affected my life in a wonderful way. I think that if you suffer, it's good for you. And maybe through this pandemic, suffering will make us even better and stronger and more loving and loving of people and of yourself. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. I really, I truly believe, believe that. that. I, uh, being in Germany, you know, at a displaced persons camp in Hanau, uh, which is a suburb of Frankfurt, um, I, we didn't have too much to eat. You know, we, my father stands stood online and got three potatoes and my mother would make this incredible soup i think i told you about it it's called pluted <laughs> crazy name i don't know what it means i have no idea but it was just it was like uh, if we were lucky to get onions and vinegar and and uh, parsley which we didn't get but my mother used to go out and pick dandelion leaves you know and wash them off well and and she used to make that soup and that was one of our Mother Day uh, lunches that we had, was that wonderful pluto with, uh, with a boiled potato. Oh, my goodness. And if you were lucky, you got that boiled potato. Oh, for sure. If one was rotten, I mean, they'd, you know, there was three of us, so we'd get three potatoes. And if one was rotten, you were out of luck. Well, so we really don't have it that bad during this pandemic. I mean, we're still getting Uber Eats. We're getting groceries and stuff, right? I mean... Oh, well, listen, I, you know, I, I am, I'm okay with this pandemic. I really am. I am fortunate, though. I'm with a very good friend, and I have, you know, the Pacific Ocean right in front of me, and I, I'm not suffering. I'm getting you, gifts of vodka you, and you gin already, from friends. You already, you already had your suffering. <laughs> 
right? Yes. You suffer yes. enough. Now you get to rejoice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, I and think that we you have... have vodka and gin. You're fine, right? <laughs> Is that the well, cure to COVID-19? Is that why people, is that the cure? <laughs> That's a gin the cure. tonic a day keeps the COVID away? <laughs> no, we had a delivery of food yesterday from our favorite restaurant, Broadway. And don't you know, there was a jar, a gin with a, with a, vod, with a, a martini and olives on the side. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God, that was, was wonderful. The best martini you had in a long time. Oh, my heavens. You know, that's why you start appreciating things even you know, more. It's true. You know, I have I posted a video of you on Instagram uh, not too long ago with you and that uh, Fernando Sanchez uh, opera walking through the Bell Harbor, the St. Regis Bell Harbor. And I, the caption was Mama Gina walking out of a pandemic, walking into a bar and getting a martini. Is that what you're going to wear <laughs> when you're able to go into the bar, back to the Bell Harbor, St. Regis oh. for the first time? <laughs> absolutely absolutely i'm going to do that but you know the other I, I woke up this morning and i looked out the window and there were people on the beach do you know it was like rejoicing i was in heaven watching little children running you know on the beach and yeah. and this is before you know you took it for granted but i think right now our eyes are going to be open more to beauty and happiness and love I hope it's not just temporary because you know how easy it is to forget. Uh, no, it's not temporary. I listen. I've never, I never have forgotten my years. Not in, you, in Germany. but I'm saying in general. You know, people. Well, then people should listen, and people should really take this to heart. Anybody right. who's out there, be happy. Be happy. So let me ask you a question about being happy, since it's Happy Mother's Day. First and foremost, Happy Mother's Day to you, my mama Gina. Thank you, You're my love. In right I now. miss you. I miss you, too. I'm your host, Max Tucci, here on L.A. Talk Radio. Max and friends, 12 years, Mom, I've been on air. Can you believe that? Last week was oh, my 12th well, anniversary. No wonder you've been on for so long, and you'll be on for another how, how many years, because you have such wonderful guests, and you have a great personality, and you're, you're fabulous. Not I'm that sorry. you're my son, but you are fabulous. Well, you know, don't stop. Keep telling me. <laughs> but listen, let's talk about motherhood. We've got a couple minutes here. What do you want mothers out there to know who, you know, especially mothers who are locked in their homes that stay home with their children all day, every day? What do you want? What do you tell them? Enjoy it. En enjoy it. And when they take a nap, you take a nap. And enjoy being with your children. That, that is a gift from God. And, you know, they grow up so quickly. And all of a sudden, it's a blink of an eye. And they're out the door. And they're independent. So have, take this time to love them, teach them, pray with them, and enjoy them. That's just so simple. And what if they're just yes. like, what if they're like real pain in the ass kids? You do it even more, right? <laughs> Completely. Love them even more. <laughs> oh, yes. And that, that will stun them. They'll think they have to go in the corner, but they won't. You put them on your lap. And even if they're 12 years old, put them on the lap and hug them and tell them you love them. Yeah. What is a fond memory you have of your mother? Oh, I had the best mother in the whole wide world. I, I, I think of her every day, and I feel that she is near me. I just think of how hard she worked and how she never complained. Never. You know... In, in, Europe, in Germany, we had nothing. We had lost everything. We left everything behind. And the most precious things that we left behind were our relatives. And, you know, for five years, we had no contact with them. They didn't know that we were alive. And my mother always had a very positive attitude. I never knew um, that I was poor. I, I never knew that. She never mentioned that word, that it didn't exist in our, in, in our world. We were rich because we had one another. What do you, where do you think she got that positivity from? Oh, I think it's uh, perseverance. Mm. And I think Explain in a, way, a little bit know, of the story, because for those who don't know anything about your story, explain a little bit of the story of you were born in Lithuania during the war, and then? And then uh, the Russians occupied Lithuania, 
and my father decided that we were going we were not going to live under the communist rule because now you see a little bit here in this country when you're told not to do this and not to do that mm -hmm. and you can't go here and you can't do and you have no freedom and my father definitely did not want to live that way he thought i'd rather die than than not have freedom so we escaped, and uh, it was a hard, a hard time. I was a, a you know, a, a, a child, but an infant actually. And when we got into um, into the um, displaced persons camp, which I hated being called a DP, that was uh, that was what they called us. Um, it was because you weren't really life. displaced; you were in transit. No, we were displaced. We didn't have any home. No, I understand, but you were but you were in transit. You were going to America. It's not like you didn't Well, we like, didn't know that at the time. You know, well, you had coming no to America is not like today. You can walk in and you're all Wait, hold sudden. on. Hold on. Hold on. So, when you were there like it it wasn't grandpa's like um idea to come to America. Like where did he think where was he going? Well, wherever we could uh, wherever we were accepted. So there well, were options. We, so what were the well, options? Well, well, the option was you had to have. Well, the rule was that you had to have someone sponsor you, no mm -hmm. matter where they lived in America, Australia, wherever. Someone had to sponsor you to come. That was number one. Number two was that you had to be healthy. You couldn't come to America or to wherever in the continent if you were not healthy. They would not let you leave. So naturally, we were very fortunate and unfortunate in the way you may look at it, that we had an aunt uh, that, that lived in Brooklyn, New York, and she sponsored us to come. But it, it took a long time. It took a very long time. It, it was, actually, it was five years in a displaced camp before we could even think about coming to America. Don't forget, we didn't even have uh, birth certificates. When we left, we just left. Left yeah. everything behind. So you could technically change your birth date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> You're much younger than you really are. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> right? But then, okay, so then America became the option. Five years in camps. So two months in a, in a stay-at-home isn't as bad as we think. I mean, here you are five years. And these camps were not glamorous. Oh, heavens no. I mean, you know, at the beginning, you just had a lot of lice and bed bugs. And uh, people, had to and people with, committing suicide around oh you. Oh, my heavens, yes. Yes, the, the, the first big room that we were put into, maybe I would say 50 or more people were sleeping on the, on the, you know, on the floor, literally on the floor. And uh, you'd wake up in the morning and somebody was, um, you know, hanging. <clears throat> so... Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, pleasant. It really wasn't. But because of my mother and and my father's strength and their belief in God, that we really truly survived. Do you think it was whose determination was it more to to come to America? Your father's or your mother's? Uh, both. And whose strength do you think got them here? Oh, I I think both. They were both very strong and, you know, in different. My mother was strong, as you know. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. her her look would tell you how strong she was. And all the five foot nothing. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the look that she would give you if she disapproved of something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that would just be, you know, uh, worse than a slap in the face, let me tell you, which she I'm never did. You. I mean, no. the look was the look. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm kind of getting were, you, right now because we're going to have to wrap <laughs> this show up because it's that time. The illusion of time is upon us, Mama Gina. Oh, my darling. Well, I wish you were here, but I, I know. I wish you were here. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know, want to be in I California wish... right now. I want to be here in Florida. I actually want to be in Colorado. So I wish we were in Colorado together. You know, we can daydream it into reality and it will happen sooner than later. So we just have to keep daydreaming. Well, I should hope so. And I want you to know today when I got my gift, my Mother's Day gift from uh, from the Abels, she brought her little grandson, Sterling, and, you know, we were like 12 feet apart, and he's looking at me because I always see him. I hug him and I tickle him, and he's looking at me, and I go, I know, but I can't touch you. <laughs> and then he didn't want to leave, and he got on his knees, and then and the grandmother said, oh, my God, I have to sterilize him. <laughs> so, <laughs> or not. It's a, 
you it's know, amazing the way we have to live, but you know what? It's not forever. Remember that's that. Right. That's right. Well, I love you forever, and I will talk to you. I'm going to call you after the show. I really got to wrap this up. So I love you, Mommy. Okay, love you, happy and Mother's happy Day. Mother's Day to all your listeners. Have a very happy Mother's Day. And I Day. hope you enjoyed the lobsters I sent you. Oh, <laughs> well, I delicious. will. You know that. Delicious, delicious. All right, Mommy, happy Mother's Day, and I'll talk to you. I'm going to call you right after the Thank show. Thank you. Thank you. I love um, you very much. I love you, too. All right, y'all. I love you all for tuning in. I've got to wrap this show up. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Thank you to Mama Gina and Mama Gina. How cool is that that I get to say happy Mama Gina squared (laughs) here on Max and Friends? So I love you for tuning in. I want to read this to you from Gordana Birnat, and then I will say goodnight to you. But right now, from her Truth Thought 157 from hashtag Know the Truth, why knowing who you are matters. The more you realize who you truly are, the less you seek approval. The more you know and respect yourself, the less you fear rejection, setbacks, and failure. The more inner power you gain, the less outer control you allow. The more you are your true self, the more you inspire others to be their true selves. The more you know who you truly are, the more you accept and appreciate what others are. Everyone is unique. We are all one. Happy Mother's Day to you all. I love you all for tuning in. Until next time, good night and good karma. I'm your host, Max Tucci for Max and Friends. Remember, take life to the max.